and welcome to the One Degree Shift podcast. I'm your host, Eric Termundi, and I'm excited to introduce you to the wonderful guests I've got on season two and the little things they're doing to create a more intentional future for themselves, for their teams, and for the communities around them. I hope you enjoy. Shine, thank you so much for joining the One Degree Shift podcast. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited for our conversation today. You know, uh, for those who are listening, uh, we've been connected for years now from back in your days at Van City. And now as VP people for Article, you've moved to a, a different area and in a very interesting time. So perhaps before we get into the interesting time part of things, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and the work that you're doing and perhaps really what's exciting you most? Oh, what's exciting me most? Well, it is interesting times, but the work regardless of the times is going to be very interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, for those who don't know, if I can just share a little bit about Article real quick. For those who don't know, Article is the easiest way to create a beautiful modern space. We're direct to consumer. So we bypass physical retail locations and pass the savings on to our customers, which uh, during this interesting time has been an ideal business model, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I started with Article last year, and since then, the team and I have been really focused on building a strong people and culture foundation that we are able to continue to grow and scale at the speed that we are. So it's been uh, quite fun times. What are the elements of a strong people and culture foundation? Yeah, so the elements of that, well, right now, I, I guess start with the big piece of work since I started that we've been really focused on and is something that we call the Article Way, and that's okay. something that we launched in January. This is our version of a mission, vision, or values. And so since the launch, we've been on a journey of really looking at how do we integrate this, the Article Way, in all that we do. Mm-hmm. Now, the cool thing is when we launched, it wasn't like it was something radically different. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we're kind of pushing on to all our particles. And by the way, particles are people at Article. Amazing, okay. Jam it down their throats, but it really was a great articulation of, you know, what we do and who we are, really trying to describe the culture that we have and really helping as we we grow, helping new people who are coming on board to understand Mm. it as well. So a lot of the work has really been focused on that. I can explain a little bit of what the article is. If that's Please. And, and, the, and the follow-up question I can already anticipate is going to be around operationalizing the article way. I find that many companies fall short in their mission and their vision by having these, uh, well, beautiful sounding, almost poetic statements that you put on, on, on the board, but then fail to act on, on what those statements imply or suggest. Now, just calling it the article way suggests that it's operationalized uh, by nature. So, you you know, how did that come to be? What was that process? And then how has that lived throughout the organization and the particles? Okay, so let's get to that. All right. <laughs> so let me explain first what, what the Article Way is. So mm-hmm. the Article Way um, consists of our spirit, and mm-hmm. our spirit is to relentlessly pursue remarkably better solutions. And if you think about when Article was founded back in, um, I guess we, we, we launched in 2013, and mm-hmm. we, it was four engineers who came together, who wanted to solve some of the problems within traditional furnishing industry, because it can be quite complex. So I guess you can say the spirit is part of our DNA mm-hmm. in that we wanted to, or they wanted to do something very different than what mm-hmm. had been done before. 
So that speaks a little bit of our spirit. Um, there's four guiding principles. One of them is customer obsession. Mm-hmm. The other one is do it differently. Now, not do it differently for different sake, but do it sure. differently in the spirit of being remarkably better and trying to find better ways of problem solving. Ownership mindset and the other one was win together. So those are the four guiding principles. When we launched, we really wanted to make sure that this didn't come across as wall art or mm-hmm. a variation of what you just described sure. there, but we didn't want it to be wall art or some type of culture cell mm-hmm. that we're you know, trying to push on people as we're getting people to join the company. And that we've really wanted to be something that my greatest pride of joy is when people start, and of course we share that with them prior to joining Article, and when they join, one of the questions I love asking is, is what we said and what we do, is it matched? Mm-hmm. And when I hear yes, which is yes is the answer, I just feel great joy and satisfaction in knowing that what we're doing, and to your point about operationalizing, is sure. actually working. Mm-hmm. And so I can speak a little bit about that next. So, you know, when we when we launched, we really wanted to ensure that this is integrated in everything we do, that it wasn't something that we spoke about once in a while, but it really was the who we are and um, really clear to everyone what that looked like. So we really want, there's five things that we followed and I thought this was really important that we look at first, there had to be a leadership alignment. Leaders had to understand it, be committed to it and be able to walk the talk. Okay. Um, we'd fail if that didn't exist. Agreed, yeah. Second, particle alignment. And in order to have alignment, they really needed to understand, like, what does this mean? What does it mean for me in my role? Mm-hmm. What does it even look like? And how, what are the behaviors? If we were to articulate the behaviors for each one of them, like customer obsession, yeah. you know, would I be able to understand it, regardless of the role in the organization? So yeah. felt that that was really, really important as well. The third part was program alignment. So, you know, how are we aligning it in everything we do? So attraction, recruiting, the kind of questions we ask, Mm -hmm. um, onboarding, um, training, development, even performance questions. So thinking about, you know, when you're having performance conversations or mid-year review or annual review, thinking about like giving people clear and direct feedback on how they're doing in their role, but how are they doing living the article way? Mm -hmm. It's also really important. And how are we recognizing people? And that recognition piece has turned out into a beautiful, fun, organic thing on what's happening weekly, peer to peer. It's been pretty awesome to watch. Can you tell me a little bit more about, about well, sure. I want to dive into all of it, but the recognition piece first, perhaps. Sure. Sure. Well, let me just, there's fourth, sure. fourth one, I think is really important to okay. and then I'll come back to each one. Fourth one was, how are we getting particle feedback? So um, really critical that mm. people had a chance to be part of the journey and part of the journey and how it gets measured. So what I mean by that, when we launched it in January, we didn't just push it out and just hope it sticks. <laughs> we yeah. put it out there, a lot of communication, roadshows, et cetera. But we also did a survey and said, look, let's be honest here. How are we really living these values? Like, what is it really looking like in practice yeah. today? This will be our benchmark, knowing that we don't want it to be wall art and that we don't want to be inauthentic on how we're truly living it what advice do they have what recommendations what else could we be doing so gathered all that feedback we resurveyed in july and the good news is i mean we were up from our benchmark which is Mm -hmm. in fact 80 percent of our particles rated four or five out of five on how we're living the values okay fantastic but do we think it's perfect no we still have work to do so that's still going to continue to be our focus but just 
those five things we thought were really critical as we were launching. And to your point, how are we operationalizing this? Mm-hmm. There's so much that I want to unpack, but I think what I'm most interested in right now is this idea of, well, well you, you asked a lot of questions around this, this the word alignment. Now, what is that process of ensuring that you have alignment between the leaders, between the particles, and ensuring that what is said and what is heard are are the same things? Mm Because I think we can get lost in language at times, but has there been a process to to obtain this alignment that's worked really well? Absolutely. So at the time, um, Amir, our CEO and founder, when he was putting it together, he was soliciting feedback on Mm. what he was trying to articulate is, you know, who are we and how are we showing up? And mm-hmm. the, the intention with all this work is it really is designed to inform our decision-making, how we operate, how we work together as teams, everything. So it was really important to him that we get it right. Mm-hmm. And that we're being, again, authentic, that we're not describing some really ask sure, sure. people yeah. hope to one day maybe possibly be that, mm-hmm. but describing where we're at and where, where, where we want to um, improve on. And so there was really intentional conversations around that, getting feedback. He was listening and learning. Feedback at Article is really critical mm-hmm. I think it's to, to ask and listen and do, right? Mm-hmm. So just pulling that all together. So when it was launched, it wasn't a big surprise. There was no, what is this? Where did it come from? Sure. And then as I spoke earlier, how are we weaving it through everything we do so that it, mm-hmm. it it makes sense and it's not the standalone and confusing against something else that we talk about this new flavor of the month or whatever else comes up. Sure. Do you mind repeating the article way for me? So the spirit is relentlessly pursuing remarkably better solutions. So part of that DNA piece. Yeah. Four guiding principles are yeah. customer obsession, do mm-hmm. it differently, mm-hmm. ownership mindset, and win together. This idea of being remarkable and the relentless pursuit of it to me, tells me that we don't always have the answers and the requirement to experiment and to innovate and to, depending on how you want to look at the word, fail or learn and discover, that article especially seems to be of the utmost importance. How do you bake in this relentless pursuit, knowing that a lot of the things that you're going to try perhaps aren't going to be as effective? I mean, I, I think often of a, like a venture capital example, a venture capitalist, you know, a, a VC might fund nine organizations that all fail. And then the 10th is a hundred to one uh, return, which then makes the other nine learning experiences on perhaps how to invest more effectively. I think the same thing applies when we look at our people practices or when we look at getting alignment. A lot of the things that we try are inevitably going to fail, but it's that thing that really works where we might get the hundred times return on it that allows us to continue to build in this culture of innovation and this relentless pursuit for remarkable. So can you tell me a little bit about what that looks like within the organization? Yeah. So in our working teams, people are working cross-functionally together and there's a lot of touch points. So, you know, is it a, is it ever a colossal failure? I mean, Mm -hmm. no. And that's the essence of the one degree shift anyways. It's always just a slight pivot. We're always learning. Exactly. So same thing applies. So that didn't work. What are we going to do? Tweak, modify? How Mm -hmm. are we going to improve upon that? What lessons are we learning? That's in what we do. It's just kind of, it's hard to articulate at times sure. how we look at it. Yeah. And so as we're coming together, there's, there's a lot of collaborative meetings that happen, um, a lot of updates and, and 
you know, being honest about what's working and not working. It's okay if it's not working. Mm-hmm. It's okay that it's not perfect. In fact, we don't expect it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so what is, how are we going to navigationally get it right? Mm-hmm. And how are we thinking in those terms versus trying to be perfect? We'll never be perfect. And right. everything we're doing, it could be said, we're all learning at any given time. It's all, yeah. every, every yeah. day is a new adventure, a new problem to solve. You have to kind of go in with that expectation. Is there, is there a, a cadence or a rhythm that you follow to bake in this innovation? Like, is it a weekly meeting or is it a monthly, you know, are, are there specific times that the team would get together or is it a little bit more organic than that? It, it, it's all the above. So it depends mm-hmm. on the teams and depends on the, the focus. So from a, from a strategic planning perspective of the senior team, mm-hmm. we, we set plans together and every month we're evaluating against those plants and we're pivoting what needs mm-hmm. to change alter. So that's happening at the, you know, the higher levels of the organization, uh, working teams, they're more frequent. Um, it really does depend on the sense of urgency. And remember too, we build a lot of our own technologies. Right. So we have a, a big in-house tech team, engineers, product managers. So it has to be ongoing. It's not mm-hmm. like we wait and see, and then it's, you know, fully baked and then, Oh, now what, you know, so, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, you probably know Mike Desjardins well. He's a friend and a mentor of mine. And, and he said that lessons aren't learned as events are happening. They're learned in reflection of events that have happened, which highlights the importance of this reflection piece and, and looking and evaluating it and how well actions of the past have gone. Um, at what point do we pivot or cut our losses or keep working to see if we can get through something? You know, what I really like about what you just said is that you're, you're measuring everything and you're experimenting always. How do we know when to keep experimenting if something's actually working? You know, how do we know that yesterday's practice, best practice is still today's best practice? Well, we're always challenging ourselves to, you know, high level response to that. We're always challenging ourselves to think about, you know, just because that's how we've, do, we've done it doesn't mean that's how we're going to do it. So, right. you know, in the spirit of how, doing it differently, that's the essence of it. How are we continuously looking at, and not what everyone else is doing too, by the way, mm-hmm. that we're not influenced or heavily informed by best practices because that worked in another organization. We're article, we're different, what makes sense for us? And so that, that, that shift in mindset, you know, that's an area that we recognize as an opportunity for us to even develop even further on that lessons learned, that evaluation. How are we even sharing it beyond those pro- projects? Right. How are we sharing more broadly within the organization mm-hmm. that benefit from those lessons? And there's, there's an opportunity to be truthful that we need to be focusing on as we move forward. So you're saying then too that this idea of of comparison and competition to groups, teams, companies that aren't article doesn't necessarily serve you all that well. And and truthfully, I I couldn't agree more. So what are the questions that you're asking internally then to see if you're more effective, whether it be on the people team or whether it be the product or whether it be the customer service that you're asking yourself in order to sort of measure that improvement along the way? A question I ask myself and mm-hmm. my, in fact we had a meeting yesterday and this is exactly what we talked about perfect but, you know, think about what's our purpose for being mm. why are we here yeah. as the people and culture team so the question there is how can we create a remarkably better employee experience that drives engagement and performance all of that so how do we do that and further follow-up questions that we're thinking about, so that's one thing that's kind of broad, but if you were to take it a little bit deeper dive is how can we ensure our particles are doing meaningful work? 
mm-hmm. that they love. Yeah. How can we ensure particles are feeling supported by their managers? Yeah. How do we ensure, you know, especially now in this weird kind of remote working time and prior to COVID, we weren't that organization. Now this has been the world's best pilot. So yeah, whether we like it or not, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty exciting, but regardless, we're still in it. So how do we ensure that particles feel connected mm-hmm. and are experiencing a positive work environment? And that's yeah. harder to figure out now because their work environment is their lunch or, or like their kitchen or wherever they're working. And how do we ensure that they continue to feel there's growth opportunity? And how are we ensuring, and I think this is a really important one, how are we ensuring that there's high trust in leadership, that we're intentionally focusing on how we're building trust in all that we do? Since Mars, like I, I joined just over a year ago, and we've doubled in size. Wow. So we've employees. Yeah. A lot of these people are being onboarded remotely now. So new challenges, new opportunities to be remarkably better from their lens. Okay, well... <laughs> Is trust, okay, so I, I'm going to latch on to trust for a second, especially from the onboarding perspective, especially considering that nobody, you know, may not be in the office now or into, you know, the, the short to medium future. I feel that in the past, trust was something that you've earned and then lost if, if you didn't hold it, hold it very carefully. Now I feel that trust is something is given and then lost because we don't have a, a choice. You have to trust that the people that you bring onto the team, once they know the article way and have mutually chosen to accept that, I think we have to default to trust. Is that something that, that, that you, that you do with your team too? hundred percent. You know, we believe in order to have like a great work environment, part of that is having high autonomy mm-hmm. and high autonomy means high trust. You can't yeah. bring people on has to be. even their ability you have to trust that they can do it. Now, how are we setting them up for success so that we're not part of the reason they are not doing well? Mm-hmm. So there's a you know, big intention and focus there, but you know, it has to be high trust, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But then how are we continuing to build on that? And how are we intentionally focusing on that? That's the work that we're and that, And that perhaps takes us to our last question then. Does that come from, do the answers come from the employees then? I mean, we, we can't assume that we know all of the answers. So then the, the backside of that question is, if the answer does come from the employees, how do we ensure there's not fatigue in asking everyone everything all the time if we're always trying to make this incremental improvement, but still at the same time having everyone involved in this constant improvement process? Yeah, so we don't want to have survey fatigue. So we're, you know, we have our two big ones. And then yeah. when COVID hit, we were asking questions around their setup and then mm-hmm you know, another set of questions, couple around mm-hmm. their mental well-being, like how yeah. are they doing, right? Yeah. So genuine care and concern. We have a very open door, and I know people talk about open door policy, but sure. the reality yeah. is anyone can talk to anyone at any time. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they, well, and we're always encouraging feedback. So not just don't wait for a survey, but yeah. let us know how you're feeling. Like, mm-hmm. let us know how we can be better. Tell us what is on your mind. Mm -hmm. So that's happening throughout the organization at any given time, knowing that it is truly important to listen to people. Is there an avenue for that feedback or or a favorite way to to receive that? Yeah. So it it could be any which way. We're big Slack users. So there's happening and we're pretty open and and public. It's fine. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Slack is one avenue. I get emails directly to me, anyone on my team, Amir, Mm -hmm. our CEO does as well. Like we're really open that way. Caroline, this has been a a fantastic chat. Is there anything else that you want to share with us today? 
picking up on that last theme that you said, like the importance, regardless of the times we're in and regardless of the situation, when it comes down to trying to be the, whatever term you use, remarkably better or be sure. the best employer or whatever, listen and learn. That's the advice yeah. I can give. Listen and learn. Well, perhaps we'll leave it at that. Is there any way we can uh, get in touch with you or learn more about our article? Yeah, absolutely. Through LinkedIn is probably the best way. We're sure. um, been pretty heavy posters that way. Cool. Uh, yeah, and hopefully you go to article.com. Some awesome. beautiful modern furniture. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.